Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 186. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Hey, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. And today I'm bringing you a conversation with someone who has been my guest on Therapy Chat previously, a long time ago, probably in the first year of Therapy Chat. My guest today is Mari Lee. Mari is a licensed marriage and family therapist, a certified sex addiction therapist and supervisor, and the founder of Growth Counseling Services a private practice located in Glendora, California. Mari is recognized for her clinical work with sex addicts, traumatically betrayed spouses, and couples healing from infidelity. Additionally, Mari is a trusted coach and respected entrepreneur with 30 years of business experience. She's the founder of The Counselor's Coach and provides effective coaching, clinical materials, and dedicated dedicated support to therapists across the U.S. and around the world. Mari's specialized coaching is focused on helping therapists create and launch multiple income streams beyond the one-on-one clinical hour. She's also the co-author of the best-selling book, Facing Heartbreak, Steps to Recovery for Partners of Sex Addicts, and she's the author of Healing Betrayal and The Creative Clinician. Her next book, Gift in the Wound, Stories of Resiliency and Hope, will be out in 2020. Mari is also a popular speaker and presents across the country on the topic of sex and love addiction, partners betrayal trauma, and she's the co-founder of the Shine Retreat for Women, an inspiring, rejuvenating, and inclusive self-care weekend retreat where all women are warmly welcomed. And her 2019 Shine Retreat, along with her co-facilitator, is happening in September 2019 in Laguna Beach, California. Today, Mari and I are going to talk about showing up versus showing off. So let's just dive right into my conversation with Mari. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast wouldn't exist without the support of its listeners. If you'd like to become a member, please go to patreon.com slash therapy chat. By making a $1 per month donation, you can help Therapy Chat keep going over the long haul. Thank you for your support. 
Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Today, I'm excited to have a guest with me who is a therapist, author, speaker, and coach. And she's a returning guest. You will remember from the very first year of Therapy Chat, my interview with Mari Lee. Mari, welcome back to Therapy Chat today. Ah, oh, thanks, Laura. So great to be here with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we're doing this again. Today, we wanted to focus our discussion on kind of the idea of how do we show up as our authentic selves, proud about what we're doing and sharing our good news without feeling like we're showing off or uh, feeling like, you know, for other people to think that we're showing off, but I think we do it more to ourselves. So I'm really excited to talk with you about that topic. Mm, I love it. Great topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's just start first by you telling our audience about yourself and the work you do. Okay. I'd love to. Thank you. Well, uh, as you shared, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've got a private practice here in Southern California. Uh, my specialization is working with betrayed partners, so betrayal trauma and sex and porn addicts. And then I also have a, a very busy, um, as you know, Laura, coaching practice where I do a lot of coaching for clinical therapists all around the country and now all around the world. And I just love that work so much. And I do speaking on a number of topics, multiple income streams, uh, sex addiction, partners, betrayal. I've also authored um, several books and whatnot. So that's that's me in a nutshell. I'm a cat lover, a chocolate lover, uh, <laughs> love the beach. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a, a little bit about me. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom here. I always love talking with you. So what prompted our our conversation today is that I had posted something on Facebook and we're, we're Facebook friends on our personal Facebook pages. And I was wanting to tell the people who are my Facebook friends, which is mostly people I am friends with and I've known for years and and my family. And I wanted to tell them more about the podcast because it's funny, as many people as who listen to this podcast, um, my friends and my parents and <laughs> some of my siblings, they don't, I don't think they even know what it is or, you know, <laughs> why, why right. I'm doing it. So I wanted to post about that and um, just to like, tell people like, hey, this is something I've been doing. It's like what I spend a lot of time on in case you didn't know. And as soon as I started talking about it on Facebook and saying, you know, this is what it is, how long it's been going on. Here's some of the milestones and demographic, you know, metrics and things like that, that it has. I I felt like this sense of like, should I be saying this? And, <laughs> you know, should I be putting this out there? What am I doing? And right. You know, and I think it just you contacted me and said, you know, you talked about how that uh, maybe as women in particular, that we were kind of taught that we aren't supposed to speak about our accomplishments. Mm 
Mm-hmm. That's very true. There's that socialization, right? And I remember that post, Laura, and I, I think I my response or my comment was, I love this. Please share. This is wonderful. I, I, I embrace and celebrate and support your offerings, you know, and it's great to hear about the milestones. I personally find when my friends and colleagues and loved ones are posting their excitement about, hey, I got accepted in this program or my child graduated or, you know, my book hit the bestsellers list or we're going on a neat vacation or I managed to pay something off, whatever it is. It can just be something very simple. I'm excited to see those milestones. I'm excited to celebrate with them. It, it brings me energy and, and happiness. And yes, sometimes if they're lounging on the white sands of Hawaii, I might have that little <laughs> tickle like, oh, Lord, I wish I was there with you having a pina colada. But listen, you know, we just, if we just sort of pause, breathe, notice that I have learned now at nearly the ripe old age of 57 right? That that's just information for me. So if I notice that little tug on my heart, like, oh gosh, I wish I were there. It doesn't mean I can't celebrate or I have to label them as doing some sort of humble bragging or, you know, showing off or whatever it is. It's really more of a message for me to say, you know, Mari, you you probably need to schedule in some vacation time for yourself. (laughs) Maybe that's saying that you need some toes in the sand time for you. Or if somebody, you know, your show is really popular and doing so well for good reason, Laura, you're just lovely to talk with. And the topics that you cover are just phenomenal and such a good light in this world. We need more, more shows like this. So thank you for the work that you're doing. It's really the truth. And, and so when you were talking about those milestones, I was really excited about that. And some of those I, I just didn't know because we're all busy people, right? Yeah. And so it gave me an opportunity to throw some confetti your way and do some of that celebrating. <laughs> and for me, I've noticed that it energizes me. It leaves me feeling sort of excited about, ooh, you know, what are the possibilities there? Laura's doing these good things. What are some things that I might be interested in doing that I bookmarked or, or I backburnered? So I hope through this conversation, maybe we can begin to add to this changing dialogue where we are not shaming women or men for that matter, but in this case, we're talking about women. We're not shaming women when they're sharing a weight loss goal or, uh, you know, or a, a job, you know, promotion or being pregnant with their first child or whatever their little celebration is in that day. We don't need to label that as humble bragging. We don't need to label that woman as anything. You know, I I think it's okay for us as women to show up for ourselves and say, hey, I'm really excited about this thing that I'm doing or this place that I'm going or this achievement or this goal that I've achieved. And that's not, I don't know, can we switch the dialogue from showing off to just showing up for ourselves and sharing our offerings, right? something that we're doing or something that we've achieved, I, I think it'd be really powerful, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you're just making me think about how it's, it's, <laughs> it's going deeper now as I think about this, because I'm thinking about how we as women, it seems like we're really socialized to less often feel happy and supportive of one another and more often feel in competition, jealous, or, you know, to tear each other down at times. And that hurts all of us, I think, but I agree. I agree. I was just thinking like, 
you know, what are your thoughts about how we as women got this message that we're not supposed to share our accomplishments and achievements? I don't remember anyone ever telling me like, don't, don't brag, don't show off. Yeah. I don't remember any, anyone specifically saying that to my, me either, but I have to also think about, you know, sort of harken back to that child that I was, I was actually really shy and I was a bookworm and I wasn't a social butterfly. You know, I wasn't the person that would be jumping out of her seat and having the answers in class. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I was just a shy kid. So I don't know that anyone would have said, don't show off. I think if anything, they would have been trying to encourage me maybe to speak up a little bit more. But I, I think that, you know, what, what I've noticed in some of the stories that I've, I've heard in the therapy room, you know, and I'm sure you have as well, you know, as fellow clinicians here, I hear these stories of women feeling shamed or women feeling sort of picked on by colleagues or friends or women being the brunt of gossip because maybe, I don't know, they've, I'm thinking about a, a female friend of mine who told me last year, you know, I, I feel so sad because I've always wanted to, you know, get my nose done. And so she went and she had a nose, you know, nose, rhinoplasty, nose job. And she was so excited about this. And it was something that she was giving to herself. I thought she was absolutely beautiful, but if that's what she wanted to do, then why not, you know? Mm-hmm. And then just was, you know, privy to some gossip about her that left her really heartbroken. And so this idea that in order for our light to shine, we have to snuff out the light of another woman or lessen her light, you know, that I I don't know where that first gets set up. But this idea that women are not enough without, you know, competing with each other or tearing each other down, this is such a damaging message. And we know even within our clinical culture, you know, among clinicians, this can happen from time to time. So I don't think there's any system or culture that's exempt from this. But I do think it's important to talk about it and to shed some light on that so that I would imagine there's a listener right now listening to our conversation, nodding her head. I call it the mean girl syndrome, right? Where, you know, she's she's been the victim of that mean girl syndrome. And I don't know, I don't think women, we women connect through <laughs> through that. I think we connect through shared joys and shared encouragement and yes, shared sorrows. And when we can switch that up and we can take a look at that, if, you know, if we're feeling envious and of course we're all human, you know, I might look at someone, a woman doing this or somebody doing that and feel that little tug on my heart, like, oh gosh, I I wish that were me or, you know, I, I wish I looked like that or I wish I had that home or whatever it is, you know, we are only human beings, right? Again, I've, I've just learned to mindfully stay with myself and say, okay, what does that mean for you, Mari? You know, notice what you're feeling and it's okay that you're feeling that way. But then how do you want to shift that to feel more encouraging of that woman and feeling, feel more, I don't know, more motivated to do something with that rather than just, you know, marinate in that like a chicken breast or something. And that doesn't feel good, right? <laughs> No, it really doesn't. That's what I was thinking when you were just talking. It's like, it doesn't feel good when you're, when you're seeing someone else share something that they hope that other people will feel happy for them about, you know, will Mm -hmm. celebrate with them. 
and you your reaction is, oh, why did she say that? Or she shouldn't be posting that on social media or, you know, oh, she thinks she's like so great. She wants everyone to think everything's so perfect. Like when you're feeling those kinds of feelings and having those kinds of thoughts about the other person, it feels terrible. It doesn't feel good. No, it, it really doesn't feel good. And and I think developing that awareness, checking in with yourself and rather than shaming yourself, right? I think it's displaced shame, right? We don't want to disown yeah. that that feeling of, oh, for whatever reason, I'm looking at what this woman is posting because we so communicate and stay in touch via social media, but it could be sharing in person over lunch or on a phone call or whatever, but whatever the reason is. And, and maybe, you know, in looking at that, you're having a feeling that doesn't feel good for you. And so I think what happens then, there's this disowning of that feeling and wanting that other person to adopt that feeling, to pick it up from us so that we're not feeling that. And that mm-hmm. that is not a healthy process. So when we can stay with the feeling and not shame our, our, our own self for feeling the envy or the jealousy or the judgment or whatever we might feel, right? You can say, oh, I'm noticing this feeling. I wonder where that comes from. I wonder where I first learned to do that. And this doesn't feel very good to me. I don't really like this feeling that I'm having. I wonder if I could shift gently into another mindset for this woman. Could I write a comment here instead of just passing, scrolling up and feeling this negative feeling about this person? What if I just write congratulations or I'm happy for you? What if I do something else with that feeling and I just do a little bit of a chiropractic adjustment, if you will, (laughs) to my brain and my emotion? But it starts with just showing up in a gentle way for self. Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, my gosh. Did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. I love what you're saying about that mindfully checking in and saying, well, what is this? And where is this coming from? And what do I need now to shift that? And, you know, and I do that if I if I have that feeling, which I think if I see someone post something, whether it's posting or someone's sharing something with me and I'll give you an example. I have a friend. I love examples. (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend who got a really nice new car. And I was happy for her because I was like, that is a really nice car. And I am so happy she gets to drive around in that nice car. But I also felt a little tinge of, man, I wish I had a really nice car like that. And I'll never have a car like that. And things like that, you know? Mm -hmm, I do. And then I could pretty much, it pretty much like, subsided and I just got used to the fact that she had this nice car 
And then recently, not because my friend got a nice car, but I was in a lucky situation that I got a new car. And, you know, just the right thing happened at the right time. And I ended up being able to get a nice new car myself. And I feel so embarrassed about having this nice car. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a connection between how I reacted to my friend getting a new car that I thought was a lovely car and myself getting a new car that is a lovely car. It's just a car, but it's like, why did I have this reaction of like, oh gosh, if anyone knew I was driving this car, people would think something about me. It's like this weird Mm -hmm. thing. Oh, I get it. Oh, I so understand that. It's that internal tug of war, right? We're excited, you know, because it's okay to be excited. We work hard. It's okay to be excited about our shiny new toys, whatever those are, a purse, a a car, a trip, whatever it is, you know, shoes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) You know, whatever those fun things are that, you know, we work hard for or that we're gifted with, you know, it's fun to be excited about that. But at the same time, there is that internal tug of war. Again, and I think the reason why that is, is because there's been such pushback at women at times. They've they've dealt with that mean girl syndrome where people might, class, you know, oh, she's humble bragging or she thinks she's all that in a bag of chips or whatever it is. And I, I just think that's, you know, such a shaming quality that we, first of all, that we do to ourselves and such a disservice that we do to our sisters in the world. We don't need to, we don't need to do that to each other. You know, there's a great song by Florence and the Machine and Lady Gaga that's called Girl. I love it. It's such a good song, Laura. You should I've listen to it. I've never heard that. I like Oh, it's um, so Florence great. And, and it talks about, we don't, I love her too. And we don't have to tear each other down. We don't have to talk about one another. We can show up for each other. It's called Hey Girl. And it's such a great song. I just love it. And it really represents what we're talking about. So, you know, for any any lovely women who are listening or men, you know, that are listening to our conversation, go listen to that song. You can just download it on YouTube. It's so inspiring. Yeah, but it really is it about that girl power. And I think when we ha- we're in this age of the Me Too movement and, you know, and, you know, women running for, you know, government more than ever and going into leadership positions and, you know, a lot of girl power messages, you know, women power messages in our world now, part of that powerful message. And I know one of the reasons we wanted to talk today was to add to that discussion. And what I'm not hearing about and are topics like what we're discussing today, you know, how do we empower each other through celebrating the wins that we each have in in our lives, because no one is exempt from pain. No one is exempt from the difficulties of life. There's no human being that gets to walk this journey who who won't have this unscathed. Thank you. And, um, you know, we were talking about earlier before we started recording about the accident that I had um, in Northern California last year, where I suffered a accident that created traumatic foot and ankle injury. And I was off my feet and in various casts and physical therapy and rehab for months, Laura. And one of the things when I was posting about, you know, about this a couple of times a month, I would post, oh, you know, like just, you know, this is another milestone of healing and this is what's going on. And just to keep everybody abreast, because I didn't have the energy of the strength to really get back to people one-on-one. So I would post these things on my Facebook page. And I thought it was interesting when a couple of the women 
began to say, well, I guess that's for you and your high heels now. You're not going to ever be able to wear high heels again, Mari, because you may remember, Laura, I love mm-hmm. I love shoes. I'm kind of a, a, a shoe girl and I love my high heels and my sparkly stuff. And, and I thought that was an interesting comment. You know, you'll be stuck in, you know, there were comments about you'll be stuck in get used to wearing ugly orthopedic shoes forever. Aww. And, you know, that didn't help my spirit. No. You know, what helped my spirit was to say, gosh, you know, I'm going to buy that really pretty pair of, of shoes. Yes, not as high as they used to be. I, those days are over for me, unfortunately. But I'm going to buy that two-inch heel that does look sparkly and that does inspire me. And I'm going to put that right over there by my walker. I had to be on a walker for a while. And those little shoes are going to inspire me as I'm on this walker and I'm not feeling so great to remember that one of these days I'll be dancing in those heels again. And so I think that trying to put women in their place or mm-hmm. cut you down to size or knock you down, you know, that is really unhelpful. It doesn't lead to the greater good of womankind. It doesn't, it's not supportive. And I wish that those aspects of the interaction that we women find ourselves in sometimes would begin to heal. I really think those kinds of things need to go away. They're not helpful, you know? Oh, yeah, I know. And I mean, so much in this conversation, I've been thinking about like you, what you said before about more women running for office and the Me Too movement and just how, I don't know, this is sort of related and it's a little different, but I think it all goes together. There's this film that, well, I won't go into depth about the film, but there's this film where Eve Ensler was interviewed. You know who she is? Oh, I is? love her. Yes. Yeah. She's the poet. Am I right about mm-hmm. that? Yes. Uh-huh. She's the poet and she created the vagina monologues. Oh, yes. Right. Okay. Thank you. She's raised through the vagina monologues, like I'm sure millions of dollars for sexual assault crisis centers. And she created this, I think it's called One Billion Rising Movement. And I guess I have to say this now. I mean, it's a little off topic, but not really. When I, before I went back to school to finish my bachelor's, I had read, I'll never forget this. I was reading Marie, Marie Claire magazine. I don't even know if that still exists, but I think so. Yeah. I was reading Marie Claire and they had an interview with Eve Ensler and she said her goal was to end violence against women and girls. And I remember thinking, what do you mean? end it like end violence against women and girls end it as if it doesn't exist anymore yeah i mean i actually had the thought like how can that what do you mean how can that end that's just like a thing it's just something that's always going to be there which you know i love that perspective that it could end and it you know we're moving in the right direction very slowly but um so this film that eve ensler was in she was interviewed in, she talked about how women learn to hate our bodies very early and how if you are a woman and you don't hate your body, then, you know, you're like a revolutionary. And she was saying that, you know, for a woman not to hate her body, just think about it. If we weren't spending so much effort on dieting and changing the way our bodies look, Not that, you know, someone choosing to get a nose job or any way they want to alter their body because it makes them feel good is wrong. And I'm not saying that. But, 
you know, she was basically saying our obsession with how we look that is socialized in us from a very early age takes up so much of our energy and it makes this competition that, you know, it's like, it's almost like it's a competition for male attention that takes us away from creating and connecting and encouraging one another and helping one another grow. And you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I think this is right on point with what we're talking about, Laura. I'm so glad you brought this up. When we talk about body image and we talk about, you know, the uh, hyper-focus on appearance for women and, you know, what that means, right? I remember growing up, gosh, when was that? In the 70s, right? So I would have been in grade school and Uh, I was born in 62, but I would have been in elementary school in the 60s, but grade school in the 70s. And the beauty example back then was Farrah Fawcett. You know, Mm -hmm. she was the tan, blonde, tall, thin beauty that really we all had to live up to. And for me, here I was this uber skinny, you know, very pale with this crazy curly black hair, you know, and didn't feel like I really fit in. And And it did create shame. And of course, you know, Uh, Children can be unkind, teenagers can be unkind. So the teasing that goes on, you know, and of course we know now back then there wasn't social media. Now the level of bullying and teasing that goes on are centering around material goods, appearance, sexiness, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that, this focus on that, that you are of value and worth as a woman in the world. If you look a certain way that you have worth and, you know, that, that is a message that I have, I think, I really think my entire adult life, I have done all that I can to to help women heal around that message of worth and value, no matter what size, what shape, what color, what height, you name it, you age. know, that age, oh yeah, age, oh, don't even get, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> around age, women getting older in this world, you know, now that I'm winking at 60, boy, let me tell you, but you know, we could go on and on about this idea around positive body image. And I, I agree with you. If a woman wants breast implants or to alter her body in some way, whether it's, you know, whatever that looks like, and she feels really secure and that's the way that she is nurturing herself and investing in self-care, more power to her. I don't have any issue with that. But if it's done because of low self-worth or feeling shamed about herself or that she's not good enough unless she alters herself some way, you know, that is a message and a healing that needs to happen, I think, within that particular woman. And I, again, I don't know of any woman in my life that I've ever met that is fully exempt from this idea or has, hasn't gone through a journey are wrestling with themselves around appearance and worth. You know, it's just so prevalent. It is. And I think it limits us so much because no matter what our brains are like, no matter what our personalities are like, our appearance is our appearance. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we're only judged on fitting a certain ideal that's one, you know, one idea of beauty, that's that really. I think that's like a way to keep us down. I agree. I I, I do as well. And I think also this idea that a woman can be beautiful, but not bright, Mm -hmm. or she can be fashionable, but not successful. You can't be all of those things. So I think there's that, that, 
you know, we, we hear about the pretty power, like doors open. We know, you know, we have, we have research on this, you know, that people who are attractive do benefit more in, in society. And it's really a shame because it's so limiting for the person. And also for the person who is benefiting from that, then it, it underscores this idea that, oh, this is where my worth lies in my appearance. Mm -hmm. And so there's also sort of a, a shamefulness about what does that mean then if I'm also intelligent or gregarious or creative or talented in some way that isn't attached to my appearance? So or it what is if really I lose my appearance? Exactly. What if there's an accident? I lose my appearance, whatever that, whatever that means to that particular woman, you know, then where is my worth? And, and so then, you know, we, in, in my practice, working with women who are going through that shift where they feel invisible, there's this ageism going on. Mm -hmm. They're saying, I don't see myself anywhere, Mari. I'm 60 years old and I don't see myself in movies or on magazines or in books. It's like I am just no longer, there's no worth about who I am. And helping these women plug into that, you know, third chapter of their life and, and exploring other ways of feeling worthy and good and creative and, and essential you know, in their lives. So, you know, it's a, it's a very complex topic and yes, I'd like more than anything. I mean, I think, you know, Laura, I'm um, pretty, <laughs> pretty loud and proud feminist, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> so, and I, and I make no apologies for that, but nothing makes me happier when I see women rising up in their strength and in their confidence and using their voices and finding their voices in whatever way that feels best for them. I just wish we could move away from this idea of this deep self-judgment that she's not feminist enough, right? Or she's not at an advocate enough, or she's not fill in the blank enough. Even with, and again, I don't want to turn this into a political conversation. I want to be very respectful around that. But even with the current uh, first lady, right, Melania Trump, one of the things, although I didn't vote for that particular president, one of the things that I definitely decided not to do mm -hmm. is get on that bandwagon where now people are calling Melania Trump these really horrible names and, you know, calling her all of these names that degrade women mm -hmm. because she chose to, you know, show her body off and, and participate in photographs, you know, that felt fine for her. So I really think you know, when we join in conversations, when we're tearing a woman down and making fun of a woman because, you know, Melania's had plastic surgery or she's posed nude before, whatever that is, how does that support healthy discourse? And how does that support any type of empowerment of women? You know, yeah. maybe you won't, maybe I, you or I wouldn't necessarily take our clothes off and, and pose nude or, or I don't know, maybe I will one day, but. Depends but, on how good it looked, right? Well, yeah, it just depends on kind of where I'm at, and what that's about, yeah. and, and why not, you know, but I just don't understand this idea of putting a woman down, like putting, cutting her down and keeping in her, her in her place, because maybe she's posed nude, or, or maybe she's had plastic surgery, or maybe she likes to wear sparkly high heels, or maybe she likes to not shave her legs or underarms, and, or maybe she doesn't wear any makeup. My sister has chosen not to wear makeup, and She's lovely without that. I, I like makeup and I'm comfortable without it as well. And I post pictures with, you know, sw sweaty on a hike and, you know, with 
the cellulite out there and no makeup on or all dolled up. And it's really interesting to see the difference sometimes between those comments, right? Mm-hmm. And the responses to that kind of thing. So again, I think when we, if, if we have, and this is certainly not to criticize women who have per- perhaps participated in that undermining of another woman. I, you know, I, I, I want to, I think we need to touch on that, that this isn't about shaming women right. who found themselves doing that. Let's, let's not no, do that. I've done either, it too. You know? I've done it right? too. And I know that, that doesn't feel good. No, you know? exactly. We're not, it's, it's not about shaming anybody. It's just, it's more like being curious about what this is all about and, you know, what, what we can do together and, you know, how we can all, thrive more versus tearing one another down and it diminishes the whole whole group really because you know what you said about Melania Trump regardless of what I think about our current president if I'm being if I'm using like violent language towards his wife I don't I shouldn't be doing that well, and it <laughs> supports that culture of violence against women. Exactly. Exactly. And that includes very much like calling her, you know, nasty names. I'm not just talking about physical violence or threats of violence, but insulting exactly. her appearance and doing all of the types of relational violence things that, quote unquote, mean girls do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That kind of verbal violence, right? That's where I haven't heard a lot of conversation happening in the Me Too movement and this recent wave of female empowerment. You know, we want to be very careful about then judging that particular politician. I I, I really love Stacey Abrams. Do you know who that is, Laura? I recognize the name. I can't remember right yeah, now who it is. Yeah, yeah. She's a black politician and just has got... She's an attorney and just she's just wonderful. You can look her up, Stacey Abrams. And, you know, it's got such a, you know, good, sensible head on her shoulders, really intelligent. And she stood up on some important issue. That's where I know well, the name she from. Did the, um, I don't remember what it was right now. Oh, my gosh. She gave the um, speech. What is the? After the, the State of the Union, like yes, the rebuttal she gave the State or whatever. Of the Union. Yes, yeah. right. Exactly. The rebuttal. And she just like, yes. you know. I mean, an incredible job with that. So articulate and, you know, just really, I just really respect and admire her so much. And, and she's, you know, talked about possibly throwing her hat in the ring and, and, and running in the 2020 election and, and so forth. And right after that, you know, after she was on a, in, in some media places and spaces, you know, I noticed kind of a cutting down of her know like oh we need to put her in her place Mm -hmm. and didn't she have some financial problems and let's highlight that kind of thing Mm. why do we need to do that (laughs) how is that helpful you know how is that helpful elizabeth warren who you know elizabeth you know I, i i like who she is i appreciate what she's done for women and i like her message and i find her to be quite sensible but she can for me be a little strident at times, you know, I'll own it. And I think she owns that pretty well, but I like her voice um, and, and her message. But rather than focusing in on, you know, really the, the goodness that she's doing, the advocacy that she's doing, you know, now what we need to do is tear her down because the social media message that she, 
you know, her live Facebook feed with her husband was awkward, you know, or that Melania Trump, you know, isn't saying enough about social bullying, you know, her, her social media bullying platform and well, look at her husband, look what he does. And isn't that hypocrisy? That's her platform. Let's support her. Let's encourage her to do more of that. And, and let's leave it up to her if she's noticing the hypocrisy there, you know, can we somehow get behind that and, and help her, I don't know, collectively to find her voice and get behind that. Even if we, we disagree with, her husband's policy, or even disagree with some of the things that she supports. I just think that we can be in disagreement with one another without ripping each other to shreds. That is not a good look for any woman, and it diminishes our power. It, it doesn't help us grow individually or collectively. Exactly. If we're infighting and tearing each other down, then people who want to take away our power just keep on doing what they do and let us tear each other up. And that's, you know, any oppressed groups that can happen. And women are, you know, not equal. <laughs> I mean, we're not treated equally. We are equal, but we're not treated equally. So exactly. that regardless of what the pushback is on that, we, we know that we have we have research that supports that. You know, we we women develop an antenna very early on in our in our life to be very cautious, you know, we learn that you don't go to the ATM at night and pull out money. You don't walk down, you know, the streets at night. You don't drive into unfamiliar territory at night in the dark, you know, in your car by yourself. You don't do this, that, or the other. We could go on and on and on and make a list of things that we just carefully don't do. If I'm home alone, I live in a, you know, a very safe area. I'm very lucky to live in a safe area. But if I'm home alone at night and someone knocks on my front door, I don't have the freedom to go open that front door. I would never do that. And these are things that we just adopt as women almost unconsciously. We women pass it on to our daughters, our children, our our younger the younger females in our lives, and we let them know you need to be careful about that. And these are the reasons why. And this is how you can be careful. And don't go to a bar and order a drink and then have that drink sitting there or anything, whether it's alcohol or not, unprotected. Don't walk outside with a man you don't know. And it's unfortunate because it's certainly not to say that we have to be paranoid and live in fear and distrust all men. There are, you know, millions of trustworthy, wonderful feminist men who are here fighting the good fight along with us, supporting us and are our partners in the world. But there are also, unfortunately, you know, dangers for women in the world as well. And so I agree with you, Laura, you know, although we are equal in every way, equality has not yet been realized. And I don't know at 57 years old that it will realistically be realized in my lifetime, perhaps in my goddaughter's lifetime, perhaps not. But I know that I can and you can we can add our voices through conversations like this when we're speaking, when we're writing, when we're in our clinical roles, you know, even through the Shine Retreat. You know, I know you, you know that I co-facilitate the Shine Retreat for women in Laguna Beach each fall. And even through spaces and places like that, right, we can help women. We can empower each other. Yeah. One of the things about women's retreats is that when we're all together and we can just be ourselves and talk about anything, how empowering just that is. Oh my gosh, right? I agree. I so agree. That's 
Is it all right if I talk about that? Sure, a please. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So that's the reason why uh, Anna Anna Osborne is the co-facilitator. She's also a therapist. I don't know if you know Anna, Laura, but yeah. just a really, oh, she's just great, isn't she? I just love her work. And, you know, she also works with women a lot in her practice. And and we were talking actually on on her podcast and we hit on this idea that, you know, what is going on with women giving themselves this permission slip or it's so hard for women to give themselves this permission slip to really put themselves at the top of their self-care list. And even now what's so interesting, Laura, is to see that as we're starting to embrace self-care, suddenly there's this pushback on self-care where I'm starting to see these memes that saying, well, self-care isn't just about bubble baths and going to the spa and massages and facials and yoga. Self-care is about you know, getting up and, you know, doing your best and, you know, showing up every day and mm-hmm. being imperfect. Well, yes, of course, that is part of that. But self-care also is is a bubble bath sometimes. It is a chocolate cupcake sometimes. It is getting a manicure or going to a movie sometimes. You know, self-care doesn't need to be put in one particular box and we don't have to shame one another. If I like, if I think of self-care as going and getting a mani and petty and you think of self-care as going on a hike, it doesn't mean that one is better or worse. Maybe some other woman thinks of self-care as sleeping in on a Saturday or someone else is looking at Netflix or someone else that's running a, a triathlon whatever, that's okay. You know, can we just support that idea of self-care? But for women, it is so hard for them and for me for a long time to really embrace this idea that, gosh, can I put myself on the top of my to-do list every now and then? Would that be possible? So with the Shine Retreat, we created a weekend. It's not a money maker at all. I want to be really clear about this. We don't make any money on this. This was a weekend that we wanted to create for women in Laguna Beach where women can come together, a small group. We close it at 40 women where women can come together no matter their their age, their size, their ethnicity, their political beliefs. By the way, it's a politics-free zone, which when we announced that at the first Shine Retreat, all the women clapped like, thank God. And it's just <laughs> a place where we come together and we have really inspiring workshops that center on creativity and growth and healing. And we've got workshops on the beach. We even do a workshop in our PJs under the stars on um, Friday night. It's a mindfulness circle. It's so fun. We've got yoga on the beach in the morning, really yummy breakfasts overlooking the ocean waves on this beautiful this gorgeous inn, this beautiful terrace that we have, and then this fun dinner out where we get dressed up, whatever that means to anyone. Some women dress up by putting a, you know, just a comfy sundress on and flip-flops. Some women are in shorts and sandals and other women have heels on, whatever it is. And these are really cool, inspiring, hilarious, supportive, kind women that come together to support and inspire each other and create a tribe. We call ourselves the Shine Sisters. So, Thank you for allowing me to share that, Laura. I really appreciate it because our next Shine Retreat is coming up this fall. It's in Laguna Beach, and it's September 27th through the 29th. We've got, I think at this point, we've got 10 more spots left, and it's really fun. So if any woman is, you know, wanting to, you know, join this movement of self-care and empowerment and connecting 
with other really kind and supportive women where there is no competition. You know, there's no no mean girl stuff. It's just about growing and healing and restoring and plugging in and some pampering, intentional pampering as well. Then come and join us. And the, the website is shineretreatforwomen.com, shineretreatforwomen.com. We need more spaces like that, right, Laura? I agree. And I, I know that your retreat is lovely. Um, sure, Laguna Beach is beautiful. <laughs> it is. It's very relaxing. Laguna Beach is really, it's not Newport Beach. You know, being a Southern California girl, being California girl, you know, each beach kind of has its own personality. Laguna is this very mellow, relaxing. It's kind of like where the artists and the writers go. Mm. It's just a very cool vibe around Laguna. Everyone's very chill, very supportive, very encouraging. And so that translates really well. We were really intentional about where we wanted to have the retreat. We wanted it to be in a place that didn't feel like, oh gosh, I'm walking down Rodeo Drive. Mm -mm." Laguna is... It's like your best girlfriend who you just can't wait to see. That's Laguna Beach. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know. I, I remember the TV show. I used to watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, well, beautiful yeah. scenery there. <laughs> yeah. Not so nice for the mean girl stuff. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. If anyone isn't sure what mean girls are, you can watch that show and <laughs> learn all about it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mari, it's been really lovely having you on Therapy Chat today. And I didn't really think we were going to go into taking down the patriarchy, but that's where it went. So, so be it. (laughs) So be it. Yeah, that's fine. And taking down the patriarchy, right? It's not about being against men. No. It's about being in support of human beings, right? And so when women rise up, men rise up even more, you know? So I love that we went there. I I love that we always keep it real, Laura. <laughs> and I hope more than anything that this this conversation that we've had today just adds to the discourse. It adds to the healing and healthy dialogue and that women listening you know, no matter if they're really conservative or very liberal or wherever they stand, you know, that they just feel inspired and encouraged because Lord knows this country needs more togetherness. We've got enough divisiveness going on. It's so important to heal that and bridge that gap. And I sure hope we've we've done that today. Yes, absolutely. And I agree with you about it's not about divisiveness. And when I say taking down the patriarchy, I am... I love men. I have a husband and a son and many, you know, I have a brother and dad and many men in my life who I care very much about. It's But the patriarchy limits men, too. It's not just about oppressing women. Men are oppressed by the patriarchy because, you know, they're not allowed to feel emotions. They're put into a box and body image stuff, you know, they're. Taught that they are supposed to look a certain way, and if they don't, they're less than, and then you know they can't. Or they're supposed to earn a certain amount or be a certain way. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. Wonderful. Oh yeah. Well, I love it. I always, <laughs> I just love our time, Laura. That's why you are who you are, and your show is where it's at because uh, you know we we have these kinds of discussions, and yeah, really cool. 
Well, thank you again for being a part of it today. And I will be sure to include your website in our show notes so that anybody who's interested in your shine retreat can go sign up before, before it fills up. Right now we'll be, you know, we're at the end of May. People will have plenty of time, but you know, hopefully when this airs, you'll still have plenty of open spots. Not too many, but (laughs) just the right amount for all the people who are listening who want to sign up. (laughs) I hope so too. I hope so. Well, thank you so much, Laura. Thank you, Mari. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Mari Lee. I think our discussion took a lot of twists and turns and went in directions that I wasn't really expecting, which is fun and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. As always, I want to thank you for listening to Therapy Chat. I really appreciate your support and I'll be talking to you soon. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Just another reminder that if you'd like to become a member of Therapy Chat, supporting the podcast while receiving fun member perks and being able to communicate with me one-on-one, go to patreon.com slash therapy chat. If every subscriber donated just $1 per month, Therapy Chat would be able to keep going strong indefinitely. Thanks so much for your support. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.